Welcome to What's the Difference? Stories about lives changed because you made a difference. Brought to you by The Mount Church. Here's your host, Pastor Andrew Segree. Hey, welcome to the fifth episode of What's the Difference? We created this show because we believe that Jesus is still making a difference today. So with each and every episode, we ask the question, what's the difference? What's the difference that Jesus has made in your life? And you're going to hear from everyday people just like you, just like me, and we're going to ask them that question. So for this fifth episode, we're so excited to have Gabby and Hudson Center on the show. So guys, welcome to the fifth episode of What's the Difference? Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, we are. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're so glad to have you on, and I'm so excited to hear about your story, about how you're literally getting ready to travel to the ends of the earth to a place that few people have actually even heard about. And we're going to hear lots about that and what God has been doing both in you and through you. But I thought we'd just start out by just hearing a little bit more about your backstory. I'm sure our audience would love to know, too, um, just more about where you're from. And then ultimately, we'll get to why in the world are you going to a place with not as good Wi-Fi as these United States, okay? Um, So maybe, Hudson, we'll start with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, man, where you're from, a um, little bit about your story, even your Jesus journey, maybe even take us up to when you first met Gabby, okay? And we'll stop right there, and then we'll get Gabby to confirm or deny any parts of your story. <laughs> That's fair. All right, so yeah, uh, I was born into a Christian family, um, a military family. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Southern California, and then after about a year, we moved to Stafford, and then moved to Northern California, and then back to Stafford, and then two years in Japan, and then back to Stafford. So, oh, yeah. so Stafford's really been like our home base where we kept coming back to. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I grew up in the church. Uh, when I was six months old, I played baby Jesus in the Christmas pageant. Okay. Yeah. So, All right. uh, can you reenact a little bit of that for us right I now? I can't. Okay. I wouldn't fit into the costume anymore. Uh, but I actually, I accepted Christ as my savior here at the Mount, mm-hmm. uh, during VBS, uh, right down the hall from where yeah. we're at, uh, when I was five or six. And then, uh, during middle school, uh, Zach Ashley was my youth pastor mm-hmm. and just coming every Sunday to youth group and, and then even even at big church with uh, with Todd is middle school is probably when I started to take my it wasn't just God was this force in the cosmos it was this personal relationship yeah. with the creators when I kind of t- started to take that step serious mm-hmm. uh, and then my after my freshman year of high school is is when I met Gabrielle okay yeah very good how old were you when that happened mm. freshman Fif- year fifteen fifteen years F- old fifteen yeah. when I met Gabby okay all right very good and Gabby what about you like tell us a little about where you're from. Uh, your journey with Jesus, and then what happened when you first met this 15-year-old freshman? So. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was actually raised in South Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is FBI, so we moved here um, in 2008. Um, I accepted Christ when I was five years old yeah. as well. Um, just knew that he was my savior and that I didn't want to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but my parents did a really good job just raising us up in a Christian family. Yeah. Um, when we moved here, I did. I met Hudson um, my eighth grade year going into my ninth grade year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that that's a big thing for me because that was when I probably started to claim my faith as my own and actually started to walk with the Lord. Yeah, um, yeah and just realized that I can have a relationship with him and it's more of just me not going to hell and me just accepting him for um, what he did on the cross for me. I could bring that into a relationship with him also. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and then we started dating in um, 2010. Okay. All right. So you're in ninth grade, you're in eighth grade, Mm -hmm. right? And so 
you know, you guys, did you date for the entire time up through high school? And then when did, when you, when did you get married? Like, when was it a yes for you? When did you know? Yeah. So, so we actually started dating. It was after her freshman year or after her eighth grade year, Mm -hmm. right before she started her freshman year. And then after my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And now when I look at 14 and 15 year old (laughs) kids, I'm like, what were my parents letting us do? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. What did you do for your first date too? We, we actually, we would go over to each other's house and just hang out and watch movies with our parents supervising. The Uh day that he asked me out, I had to pitch and he was, he was a catcher. And so he actually caught for me and then we started dating. We played guitar hero. he caught you, huh? Yeah. Uh He did. Uh Yeah. It was uh, a little nerve wracking because her dad had a rule that. He's, she has three other sisters, so he has four daughters. And uh-huh. He wasn't going to let any of his daughters date until they were 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was 14 at the time, and I knew the rule, and so I wanted to be respectful of the rule, obviously. And so he said, since since our parents were friends as well, uh, we had to have a chat, me and him, uh, one-on-one. Okay. And yeah, so uh-huh. as a 15-year-old talking to an FBI agent, that's terrifying. Did he have, like, a background check done on you? Like Probably. Like everything you done already? Sure. For sure. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that was good. And I love my father-in-law now. Yeah. Uh, now? I, <laughs> I loved him then too. A little intimidating. But, uh, but we got married in 2016. So okay. yeah, we did date yeah. all the way through high school and, yeah. um, pop the question in 15 and then we got married in 16. Yeah. Awesome guys. Yeah. I right, So you got married in 2016. Mm-hmm. So it's 2020 now. You've been married for four years. Yeah. You have one kid, William, who's, he's one year old, yeah. right? Yes. And he's, a, is he your favorite kid? Yes, he most definitely. So really far. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> now, now most people, of course, you know, when they get married, they want to live the American dream, mm-hmm. right? They want to get married. Um, have you know their three bedroom, two and a half bathroom house? They want to have their two point seven five kids, um, <laughs> white picket fence, strong Wi Fi. But you guys have decided that you know what? That's not for us. Uh, we're going to do something different. Um, and for whatever reason, God's been stirring up something inside of you. So when when did that stirring begin? When did that calling begin that you guys are going to be missionaries? Um, literally to the other side of the world. When did that happen for you? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in youth group here, we were, uh, we went to Clayton King's uh, summer camp crossroads, mm-hmm. and uh, that was the first time where I thought missions was a legit option. Like, yeah. okay, this is this seems this seems in line with what God wants. This seems uh, something that I could do. So this seems something like I, like I would want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we came home from camp and and just kind of there wasn't any like next step. I mean, I'm a junior in high school, so. Yeah. Still living at my parents' house. I'm just playing baseball, doing that. So uh, it was always in the back of my mind at that point, but nothing wasn't taking any steps to kind of further that uh, idea. And then the summer between my junior and senior year of high school, uh, Jason Lake and Cheesejill actually came to live in my parents' house mm-hmm. over the summer. And so getting to know them, playing ping pong, playing Guitar Hero, and then chatting about what they were going to do. Uh, got me thinking again about missions. Yeah. And then towards the end of the summer, they're like, hey, would you like want to come live in the jungle with us? Mm-hmm. And I'm 17 years old and I got nothing better to do. So I was like, sure, that yeah, sounds that, like sounds, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, they're like, all right, so you got to go to Bible school. Then you got to go to the missionary training center. Uh, and then you can come over. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. And so I brought it up to my parents and uh, they're like, uh, let, what if you went to like an actual college first? Mm-hmm. And and I was like, oh, okay, that's, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, so throughout my senior year, I was planning on, I got accepted to the University of Oklahoma, which is my dad's alma mater. That was my dream school. 
And so I was just planning on going there and then going to the ROTC program and then going to the Marine Corps. Yeah. Really following my dad's footsteps there. <laughs> um, and then a week after I graduated high school, the Cheese Gels took me and three other students up to a camp called Wyumi. Mm-hmm. And it's a week-long camp that's put on by our mission organization that just kind of shows what the life of a missionary looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got up there on Sunday, and then by Monday afternoon, I was like, yep, this is, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I had to spend the rest of the time that week kind of dealing with, well, we've already shot this down. My parents already kind of shot this idea down once. Yeah. How do we, uh, how do we go about that again? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that was kind of where that, the first missions uh, leading kind of came from. Yeah. And was it the same thing for you, Gabby? Like, how, what about you when no, that began? No, not at all. When he told me, I was devastated because uh-huh. I did not want to go be a missionary. Yeah. Um, I had my heart set on him going to the ROTC program and being a military wife, so yeah. I'd be cool with that. Because um, mm-hmm. we had talked about marriage, of course, um, at that point in time. So once he went off to Bible school, uh, just through conversations with the cheese gels as they were staying at the centers and him going off to Bible school, he did a really good job um, not really pressuring me into like what was going on over there or really bringing it up too much, just so that if I did change my mind, it was between me and the Lord, not based on him. Yeah. Um, so I did. I was in. I just got in God's word a lot um, and just prayed a lot about what he would have for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually going to Christopher Newport University, and mm-hmm. I was going to go play softball over there. Um, and then I think my change was just realizing that uh, the Great Commission is God calling believers to just be disciples, whether that's here at home um, in the church or overseas somewhere. And I think for me, it just stood out that, okay, God, God would like me to go out and make disciples. And for me, that looks like tribal. Um, so I think that that was my turning point, just realizing that I want to live my life for Christ and playing softball was not how (laughs) I wanted to do that. Um, so yeah, just being in God's word and yeah, just learning about making disciples. Yeah. Now, how old were you when, when, you know, you saw the Great Commission again in a fresh light and that um, you felt like God was lining your hearts, your heart up with Hudson. Like, how old were you when that happened? 18. 18 years old. <laughs> yes. And you were, how old, Hudson, you said? Uh, yeah, I would have been 18 at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're both 18 years old. And you're feeling this calling, like, to become a missionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get married. Um, and then it looks like out of all the places you could have chosen in the world, right? I mean, you could have chosen Canada. I mean, it's not really a jungle in Canada, as far as I know. Well, well, I guess if you we do work in Canada, north. though. If you go far enough north, okay. there are tribal people. Exactly. We, we, and I, honestly, I tried to pitch that to her. Uh-huh. He did. They do a field, really they do a field fair, and they came in. They showed some sweet pictures. Uh-huh. They showed a buffalo that made this picnic table look like it was from, like, a Barbie set. I was all like, right. that thing's massive. It's like, yeah, let's do that. Uh-huh. And uh, she shot it down pretty quick. I yeah. hate the snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so okay, so you could have gone to a jungle in Canada, right? Right, right. <laughs> or Tennessee or South America or somewhere. Mm-hmm. So why, like, why did your hearts land on PNG? Like, seriously, out of all the places on the globe that you could have gone to fulfill this, this calling, this desire that God's putting in your heart, he's growing in you, why PNG? Why Papua New Guinea? Right. Well, we have this joke. Can I say it? Yeah. We follow the Wait, cheese do we gels. Need to this? <laughs> no. <laughs> we follow the cheese gels this far, so why not keep going? You okay. know. All right. Yeah. But no, really, you can. Yeah. No. Are <laughs> serious. It's serious. Things. It's a joke, but it is serious. Almost yeah. too. Uh, we wanted to give people an idea that that we were serious about missions, mm-hmm. and so we wanted to give them a go. Like we're not just going overseas and we don't know where yet. Yeah. Like hey, we're going to PNG. 
And if God shuts that door, he shuts that door and mm-hmm. we can go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But as far as we've been on this journey, God has never shut that door. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the things that we like about PNG is the infrastructure there. There's a lot of uh, support missionaries in there. Not necessarily to hold your hand through the process, but they've been there. They've done that. You're never going to find yourself like, oh, man, like I got no one that can help me in this. Like mm-hmm. there, there's there's always somebody there for that. Um, another reason is the national language is mm-hmm. not necessarily easy, but one of the easier languages. Mm-hmm. It only takes about uh, nine months, nine to 12 months to become fluent in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas uh, like if we were to go to Mexico, usually you're before you can get into a tribe, you're there for about two years learning mm-hmm. uh, Spanish and then the Mexican culture. Um, so that was another another draw was the shorter time period before you get into the tribe as well. Mm-hmm. And there's there's over 800 different languages in PNG, so it's not that there's more need there than than anywhere else, right. but there's just a lot there's there's a lot of need at that place specifically. And there so that are. was another uh, drawing to that. They've yeah. also showed us um, just a ton of letters from different tribal people who have sent in letters just asking for missionaries over mm-hmm. there too. And I feel like that has tugged at our hearts a lot. As well, just from that specific area. Yeah, that's awesome, guys. Mm-hmm. And so you're so you're 18 when you felt this calling to, mm-hmm. and you know God laid PNG on your heart. Um, and through the the cheese gels, which I think I officially learned how to say their name. Yes, they were on episode three of this, so check it out. <laughs> yeah. um, and they taught me how to say their name. Um, so you you know God placed them in your life. Mm-hmm. Stirs up this calling, and so you were eighteen when it first happened. And how old are you guys now? If you don't mind me asking, twenty-five, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-four. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so I'm sure as you've been on this uh, six, seven-year journey, um, and it seems like God is in this. I mean, it seems like every single step of the way, Absolutely. He's been confirming. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's brought people into your life. He's been showing you through His Word. It seems mm-hmm. like, and you know, your church is behind you yes. in yes. all of this. Your parents are behind you in all of this. Yes. Um, I'm sure there must have been some fear along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, has what what has made you maybe nervous in all of this? Uh, maybe it's now that you have a one year old in the picture, and apparently he's the first of twelve that you guys are going to have. I'm <laughs> prophesying in Jesus' name right now as he's the first of twelve. So the center dozen. Um, but has there been any fear along this journey? And then what, how have you dealt with that? Like, how have you dealt with maybe some of the, the fears or worries you've had as you get ready to move um, away from the U.S. to, to PNG? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so during our time in the training, uh, we didn't have any kids, and we weren't planning on having any kids until we came back for our first furlough. Yeah. So they give us homeschool classes and stuff like that, and we sat through, and I did the schoolwork, but mm-hmm. I kind of ignored what was going on. Okay. Uh, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, and then I can remember when we brought William home, he's probably only a month old, and we went yeah. out for a walk, and there's a pine tree right in our front yard, mm-hmm. and some of the needles were starting to fall. I was like, oh, it's going to fall on his head, and I like, covered his head up real quick. And I was like, dude, you're taking this kid mm-hmm. to the middle of the jungle mm-hmm. where there's going to be a lot worse things than pine needles falling down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, and it was it kind of in that moment, like, yes, it'll be dangerous at times. But if we're here, if we're over there, he's in the Lord's hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, sure, it's a, it can be a fear, but just really trusting in, in the Lord and leaning on him to help get us through this. Um, I mean, even learning the language is fearful because mm-hmm. if you don't learn the language, you can't do anything else, mm-hmm. right? If you can't communicate, you can't uh, share the gospel with somebody, mm-hmm. let alone ask how to tie your shoe, right? Yeah. Uh, so there can be loads of fears, but it's just been, it's been a good opportunity stateside for sure. 
uh, to kind of build up that that trust with God. Like, hey, look at all these things that he's done for us here. Yeah. Just because we get on a plane and travel 28 hours doesn't mm-hmm. mean he's any different over there mm-hmm. than he is over right. here. That's good. Yeah. Right. That's good. Yeah. I think um, back to Will, um, I don't think that any fear has actually set in with bringing Will over. And I don't know if that's maybe because we have friends over there who have kids and we've just seen um, how well they do over there and how just the kids thrive. They love it. Um, Or if also that's just, and it's easier to stay over here on this side of the world when we're not going through something hard. Um, Or if it's just easier to remember that uh, Will was gifted to us to steward and take care of while we're here on this earth, but ultimately he's the Lord's. And like Hudson said, God is going to be protecting and providing him. Um, so I, I don't know if it maybe is one of those two mindsets, but I, I feel like I don't have very much fear with bringing Will over. I think for me it would be more of um, leaving my family behind, the yeah. fear of losing my comfort, um, back to the American dream, like mm-hmm. just not being able to have all those same things that some of our friends are going through now. Um, but God is still so good to remind mm-hmm. us that I don't need those things. Um, and he is constantly providing for us in completely different ways as well. And we're going to have so many other things over there and so mm-hmm. many cool things that we're going to be able to experience and just ways that we get to see him work yeah. also. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good, guys. That's really good. And it's something about um, really knowing that everything really is in God's hands. And when mm-hmm. you're stepping out on faith and trusting him, mm-hmm. um, knowing that uh, I've always heard the uh, the old Southern Baptist preachers say, look, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. Like he's going <laughs> to, you know, he's going to provide yeah. everything right. for you. Like Absolutely. he's going to take care of you, you know, even if sometimes it doesn't look like the way maybe we, we, we thought it mm-hmm. would. For sure. Um, so... It's coming up soon, right? So we're looking at maybe January, January or so. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. Um, in looking at you know, maybe your uh, your first year there, um, you know, despite all the maybe some of the fears that you've had, concerns that you've had. I mean, you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think passports are already here. Yep. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Documents have been stamped, um, and probably early sometime 2021, you'll be over in PNG. What would what would the first year look like for you guys? You know, what would you if if you could have everything go your way, which I'm sure for you guys it will be perfect. Nothing oh, will absolutely. go outside of the plan that you have. But if you if everything could go your way, what would the first year look like, and what would be this a great win for you guys yeah. during that first year? Yeah. So in that first year, uh, if we had if we both had the national language down mm-hmm. and we're fluent in it. Um, we were both checked out. Do you have out. any of it down right now? So. Uh, a couple phrases that the cheese shells have taught Give me us. one phrase. <laughs> oh, you put me on the spot. Uh, Emmy, Emmy Wanham is asking, what is it? Okay. I got it. Um, like long, like long you? Like, uh, yeah, that's like, like, you. that's like, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, it, if that's what works for you, it's works for you. Okay. If you're uh, on YouTube and you live in the area, verify this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so they tell, so... Obviously, with COVID, we've had a lot of downtime, right? And I'm just, I've been itching, like, there's got to be something I can be doing, like Mm -hmm. learning a language. Mm -hmm. And so I've asked a couple of the people that are over there, and they're like, hold off on it because you don't want to learn it incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to learn it from a native um, that speaks it fluently, that can correct your. any any of the minute things Mm -hmm. you might do. Uh, And then then it's to stop from bad habits as well. And Um, also so that you can be in the culture watching it as well. Yeah. Yeah, so. 
checking out of language, being done with orientation, yeah. and and getting ready to move into a tribe with uh, with two kids would be a successful win in the next year for sure. Right, very good. So another kid is in the future. Is this something you want to announce right now? <laughs> no, no, we are not pregnant now. Okay. Right. We 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 thought about it, but right now it would push us with paperwork. Man, you guys thought government was slow beforehand <laughs> during COVID. It's awful. It, they're like half the manpower and half the hours. Yeah, so we've we, we're waiting specifically to get over there first. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way we don't get stuck trying to get the get a passport for the yeah, next kid or, or anything like that. So we can we need to get started. Yeah, we gotta get started first. <laughs> we need to get over there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's coming up, guys. And of course, we're, we're praying for that too. And um, you know, you know, you again, you've been on this journey now for um, for six, seven years or so, and it's. Like the the official, I mean, it has started, but of course, the official start is about to start mm-hmm. right. um, as well. Um, and I wanted to ask you guys, as you've been on this journey, as you see the end of part of the journey now coming, but then the almost the official beginning about mm-hmm. to begin. Um, as you looked at all the stuff that God has done, what's maybe something you can point to and say, you know what, um, I I couldn't believe that God did that either in me. Um, or maybe even through me, like what's what's maybe a difference that you've seen God make, like either in you or through you during this journey as you get ready to head over there? Would you like to go first? Sure. Go <laughs> um, I think for me, He's continuously showed me how uh, faithful He is, yeah. but how I need to rely more on Him mm-hmm. and stop trying to fix things on my own, stop trying to do things with my own power. Um, I say that because. One of the key things that stuck out to me, even through COVID and everything going on, um, I have such a doubt of like our support coming in and everything coming through paperwork. Um, and that's been a struggle for me for like five years now, I would say, as we started this journey and just freaking out that we won't ever be able to get over there. And now it feels like it keeps getting pushed back, but he is so faithful mm-hmm. and constantly reminds me of that. I mean, we're up to 94% now. Um, awesome, we're yeah. almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, our visas, yeah, like you said, our passports came in. Our visa paperwork has gone through. We were just able to send it to the embassy. So we're just waiting to receive those back and we're done. Like, mm-hmm. Then we can start looking at plane tickets. And it's just so cool to just be reminded that he is faithful and that he yeah. does provide. Um, and that I don't have to do it in my power. I can constantly rely on him. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's yeah, good. yeah. I think uh, one of the cool opportunities we've gotten um, when we are doing partnership development, uh, we travel around to different small groups and kind of just share our ministry vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even me growing up in the church before I knew the cheese gels or or knew what New Tribes or Ethnos Three Sixty was doing, I hadn't really known that there were people that still didn't have the Bible in their language. And so being able to kind of inform and share that reality um, with students, with adults, even too, has been has been super encouraging um, for that as well, like just making people aware, like, hey, the job's not done. Like mm-hmm. when, when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, like that's still an ongoing right. thing that mm-hmm. we've still got to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, let me ask you guys just one more question. Um, if there's someone who is listening, and let's say there's something that God's been calling them to do, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, they've been hesitant to do it. I mean, it not, not necessarily going to the jungle, but maybe it is going to the jungle. <laughs> right. uh, maybe it's even going to stro- going across the street to the neighbor. Yeah. Maybe it's even speaking up at work about their faith in the Lord or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the person who knows God's calling them to do something, but they've been hesitant? What would you encourage them to do? Man, stepping out in faith can be the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. 
but it's so rewarding at the end a- afterwards. Whether whether you step out, step out and talk to your neighbor about Jesus, whether he shuts it down or not, he's not shutting you down as a person. He's shutting mm-hmm. down the gospel. And, and the gospel is truth, and the gospel can offend. And it's not you being offensive. Mm-hmm. It's you sharing the gospel and, the, and them finding that their worldview and the gospel's worldview, it, it, can't, it can't coincide. Yeah. And so... Honestly, sometimes I think it's easier to go to the jungle and, and share the gospel with somebody out there mm-hmm. because we can leave and come home. And we like, like if we go there and we try to plant a church and, and they reject it, we come home in six, seven years. I really hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. But yeah. if that if that's the case, we come home and I never have to see those people again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You step across the street to your neighbor's house or your coworker and they reject that, mm-hmm. you got to see them every day yeah. continuously. But Something that we that we got to learn and it's doing different ministries and moving around a little bit. Um, sometimes we get to plant the seed, sometimes we get to water the seed, and sometimes we get to harvest. That's right. And harvesting is always the best sure. because you can see the fruits oh, and you yeah. see what what's been culminating in their life. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you got to be a planter of the seed too. Sometimes you got to water, and, and sometimes those jobs aren't fun. Yeah. But we're all in this as the body of Christ, and we've all got to do our part. And so, yeah, just stepping out in faith like that mm-hmm. can. It may not make a difference that day, but you never know. Three, four years down the line, they may they may be in a struggling place and, mm-hmm. and be able to look back and either come to you for advice or or something like that. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, guys, if people wanted to connect with you and support you, besides getting these awesome T-shirts <laughs> um, or even getting the awesome T-shirt, like how what's the best way they can maybe find you online mm-hmm. and um, pray for you and contribute to your ministry? Like how can people connect with you? Yeah, so we're both on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys come to the Mount, we've got prayer cards uh, yeah. scattered around. Okay, Facebook account. has like a billion people on it. So how would they find you? <laughs> if you search Hudson Center, I think it's a picture of me, Gabby, and Will. I think mm-hmm. I think you'd... That's okay. gonna that's gonna be I think it's the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's another, let me know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But um, e- if you want to email us, uh, hudson.center at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get you the information about our newsletter, yeah. Yeah. how to get a sweet t-shirt. Uh, they are super comfy. I know it's like my own t-shirt, so it's oh, yeah. weird to like kind of brag about, but brag about it. But I think I've been told they're super comfy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'd love to get you Some one of those. People. Um, and even if you just want to know more about our story, what planning a church in the jungle looks like, we'd yeah. be happy to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, I really do believe that God is going to do great things mm-hmm. in you and through you um, in this season. And I know this your story of faith is already encouraging lots of people, and I hope it will even today. Even if someone's been called to do something and uh, your story encouraged them to simply take a step with the Lord. Because when you step out on faith, there is something powerful about mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and god uses you to make a difference in the life of others so thank you guys for leading the way <laughs> um and stepping out and doing that as well so and thank you guys for joining us on this episode of what's the difference yeah, i appreciate it thank you so Absolutely. much <laughs> hey well thank you for joining us as well for episode five of what's the difference hey don't miss the next episode we're going to have a gentleman named mario diaz on here who is a justice advocate working in dc and he also volunteers right here at this church He is a passionate follower of Jesus. And when you hear what God has done in his life and through his life, you're going to be encouraged to let him make a difference through you. So be sure again to hit that like button or hit that little bell so you get notifications when a new episode is released. And join us for next time and the next episode of What's the Difference? Thank you for tuning in to What's the Difference? Click on subscribe to make sure you get the next episode with Pastor Andrew. Connect with us for more resources and information on how you can make a difference 
at mtarart.org. See you at the mound.